HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Levo. Simple, potent, at-home herbal infusions at the push of a button. Learn more at levooil.com and feed your enthusiasm. That's L-E-V-O-O-I-L dot com. This week on Meet and 3, we dive into the science behind munchies, the history of coca, the therapeutic powers of psychedelics, and mushroom-infused recipes. One of the biggest questions we get asked a lot is, does heat degrade psilocybin? The coca leaf was used as a sacred plant. So as a plant that could communicate human beings with gods or mother nature. What you can start to appreciate here is that cannabis is activating and hijacking the system throughout the body. Tune in to Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mike Schreiber, and welcome to The Shameless Chef, the show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s, but still has a lot to teach us today. I developed this show with Michael Davenport in 1977. He was the original host of The Shameless Chef, and he shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take some risks in the kitchen. I'm excited to keep this legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Today, I'm diving into cooking projects. For those days when you have a little more time on your hands and are feeling up to a new challenge. It's a shame that Michael Davenport isn't with us anymore. He was a real joy to be with. He was a tall, lanky gentleman who loved to be with people. As I think about this idea of taking on a cooking project, I can't help but remember the endless number of cooking projects Michael would undertake. Inevitably, I'd come by his house or office, and he'd be baking bread and virtually demand that I taste it. He was one of those people who found love by loving people. When I'd taste the bread, and before I'd even comment on it, he'd be ear to ear with a smile saying, isn't that wonderful? Food was his love for others, and he was so thrilled to share the program so other people could enjoy food and feel that same love. One evening, he was writing a script, and he called me all excited about what a wonderful program he just wrote. I could hear the smile in his voice. It would always make me smile. It still does. I hope you can hear it too. Sometimes food should be as quick as a wink. Sometimes cookery should involve the least amount of time and energy. 
Sometimes the convenience food is the ultimate convenience, but there are those times when it's a great experience to make a production over something. <laughs> this is the shameless chef. Let the curtain go up on the kitchen. Now and then in the world of busy, 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 it's a great release and a great deal of fun to be profligate in the kitchen. Choose that particular dish that requires a lot of time and care and saucing and basting and garnishing and all those gratifying things that have to do with serving food. It's sort of like music. Sometimes the trite pop song is suitable, and sometimes you want a full-blown Broadway musical, time and effort permitting. I recall a weekend, and I recall it quite fondly. When I was heading out to an offshore island for a weekend with friends, uh, mine host decided that Saturday night should be devoted to fettuccine and that we should make a production of it, and did we ever. We spent all Friday afternoon foraging through Greenwich Village, seeking out one particular shop that made fresh pasta and carefully choosing the fettuccine noodles. Then to another shop to get just the right Parmesan cheese, not too soft, not too hard. Fresh parsley had to be fingered in the produce market. Let's see, we had fresh peppercorns and butter. Oh, yes, fresh cream. We did really fresh and thick. When we took off for the island, we behaved as though we were carrying the Kurinur diamond and not a sack full of groceries. End of story, the fettuccine was superlative. I salivate over it to this day and well worth the effort. I recommend this sort of serendipity to you. Uh, once in a while, it's infinitely gratifying, not only to your friends and guests, but to yourself as, as you plan and rehearse and choreograph and score and generally carry on to make one meal or one dish a production. This is the shameless chef, otherwise he clept, Michael A. Davenport. After all, we're all entitled to an occasional work of art. Salud. The 49ers who combed the Rockies and the Nevadas and the Yukon for gold and silver were called sourdoughs, with good reason. Along with pick, shovel, donkey, and a scraggly beard, every prospector had a treasure with him more precious than the gold he sought. A sourdough starter. This is the shameless chef. Let's pan for kitchen gold. Sourdough. The term French sourdough bread is nearly a gastronomic cliché, but to most of us, sourdough bread means San Francisco. I think it's some sort of phenomenon that you can buy loaves of sourdough bread in the San Francisco airport the best souvenir of Baghdad by the Bay that I can think of. If you know your labels, you can identify true San Francisco sourdough bread if it turns up in other parts of the country. But beware of imitators. The imprint of a little cable car doesn't make the product authentic San Francisco sourdough. Now then, have you ever tried making your own sourdough bread? It's not difficult at all. No more than making any other kind of bread. And oh, the rewards. Look at it this way. If a prospector could wander through the mountains for weeks at a time with his sourdough starter on the back of his mule, you should be able to keep a starter in a crock on your kitchen counter, right? You can make your own sourdough starter by combining some flour and salt and water. Let it stand and it'll go sour. But that depends on the yeast that happens to be floating through the air and culture by chance is risky. Buy a sourdough starter. You'll be able to find it in any specialty shop. You start it according to the instructions, which is mostly adding water and leaving it alone. The more you use your starter, the better it is. Use a portion of it, add some more flour and water and salt, and it goes merrily on its way in your kitchen, a little manufacturing firm at work. I'll not go into the details of how to make sourdough bread other than to say you use your starter instead of yeast. You can add it to biscuits, too. 
Uh, write me here at the station if you want more details, or as I say, buy a starter and follow directions. One thing, though, a sourdough starter on your kitchen counter smells like sourdough. And what's wrong with that? Michael A. Davenport here. Ciao. We'll be right back after a short break. This episode is brought to you by Levo, the world's most intelligent at-home infuser. It's super easy to use to make infusions for cooking, candies, cosmetics, and herbal medicines. When the box showed up, I was excited to try it out as I've heard good things about the machine. It looks like a space-age coffee maker on the counter, and having it out makes me want to infuse everything. I've got plans for the hot peppers on my counter and the sage I picked from the garden before the first freeze last week, along with some other choice herbs and spices. I think everyone on my list is going to get infused oils this year. So far, I've used it for cannabis, basil, and orange peel infused oils and butter. The machine even has dry and activate functions for the highest potency and stability in your infusions, and you can connect through Wi-Fi to track your progress and record your recipes and share with the Levo community. Learn more at levooil.com. That's L-E-V-O-O-I-L dot com. We're back with The Shameless Chef. I've gone on record shouting the praises of convenience foods and how they've enhanced our lives. If not, I certainly will. But some old-fashioned things we shy away from. They may not be the most convenient, but boy, are they a joy to make and to eat. Things like homemade ice cream and home-baked bread. More and more people are baking their own bread. I do so myself. It's hard to find a comparison with anything that's more enjoyable to do, more enjoyable to consume, more enjoyable to talk about than home-baked bread. Some do it for nutritional value. Some bake bread because of the greater variety of flavors and textures they can create at home. Some bake bread to impress others, some to please themselves. Some do it as an art form, some as therapy. But baking your own bread comes highly recommended. It's not difficult, no matter what you hear. Even if you've tried it with disappointing results, try again. Aside from the hypnotizing odor of bread baking, beyond the ultimate satisfaction of eating home-baked bread, there are the virtues of kneading bread that have too long gone unsung. Uh, Don't look on the kneading of bread as, as tedious. It doesn't take that long. Use kneading as a release for hostilities. Punch and shout. Unlike your adversaries, bread dough loves abuse. Or knead bread with the spirit that accompanies disco dancing. Turn up the radio or the record player loud and let yourself go. You won't even miss the laser lights and the fake fog. I can't think of anything else that offers so much entertainment while you're doing it with such satisfactory results. So get yourself a book or a recipe for bread baking and try it. Infinite riches will be yours. And there's nothing half-baked about that promise. I'm Michael A. Davenport, the shameless chef. Yours with loaf. Weekends are made for something special from the kitchen. This is the Shameless Chef, otherwise known as Michael A. Davenport. Weekends, should you feel so inclined, are those wonderful days when you can go on a veritable orgy of cooking. So, let's. Let's look ahead a day or so toward the weekend. What if the weather is dreary and that planned trip or the outdoor frivolity is out of the question? Why not 
a weekend in the kitchen. You want to be the biggest hit ever as a weekend house guest? Then do something dazzling, albeit time-consuming, in the kitchen. It's better than endless bridge or squabbling or counting the sheets in the linen closet. You can spend a good part of the day doing something like a wondrous New England stew or a beef bourguignon or baking bread. Now, the actual cooking and preparation don't take that long. A lot of cooking is just waiting for things to cook, marinate, soak, rinse, or, or simmer. Now, at home, if you cook a good stew on the weekend, it can become beef bourguignon later in the week by the addition of some fresh vegetables and wine. Later, the leftovers can be combined with the sour cream for a kind of stroganoff. It could even end up with some judicious spicings and flavorings as hash to be served with the poached eggs and a hot fruit compote. Of course, you can always cook big and freeze for the future. My point is that normally we working blokes have only an hour or so for evening cooking and less for luncheon, working or no. So what we do must be simple and speedy, but weekends allow you the leisure to do that recipe that you read some time ago and have never had the time to concoct. I have about a half a dozen such things that I like to do the moment I see rain threatening on a Saturday morning. I am pleased to reveal that I'm a very welcome house guest for just that reason. Try it. Roll up your sleeves and spend a jolly weekend in the kitchen. Then share it. <laughs> Davenport here. Prosit. Please, subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, the host of The Shameless Chef who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.